gotten a lot of texts from your fellow folks that um, traveling, not being able to make it, I got an update from uh, the Ellis's, and we'll talk about that at the end. But per your request from several of you, we're going to do prayer time at the end, because a lot of you are getting up leave to go to Blast Zone, um, and we're just not we're rushing through the end of class. So we'll do our prayer time at the end, and our lectures in the beginning of class. So we got the Metzlers here. We got to catch them up with a little review. Um, Otherwise, you wouldn't do the review. <laughs> Otherwise, we would not do the review. That is exactly right. Uh, so what? Tell the Metzlers what we've been doing. We're on a series. I'll give them that. We're on a series called Stop. So seeking God, trusting God, obeying God, and praising God. The fundamentals of the Christian walk. Um, and our purpose, as Metzler knows, is we're trying to grow deeper in Christ. Now, we've also had a couple um, people come to us and say, I see you're just couples, and we are couples that are driving toward Christ together, but also individually, and if you know individuals that want to come to class, that's fine. Gina got a text this morning from somebody, said, well, I see you're couples, and I'm not sure I should come, but um, we are... Our purpose is to draw near to Christ in a deeper relationship with Him. So we're going through the series now. We have such a good class, Doc, that I have yet to leave seeking God. Perfect, Perfect right? I have. We've gone through four of the five principles. So I've given you guys a little cheat sheet. Why do we seek God? Why do we seek God? We need Him. We need Him. That's exactly right. There was a caveat to our needs. Do you remember the caveat? His will. His will for his glory, exactly. He's not a Santa. He's not a bellhop. Um, out of obedience, we're commanded all through the scriptures, from Moses to David, the kings of Israel, the prophets, seek the Lord, seek the Lord, seek the Lord. Um, who can explain number three? We seek like, him because he's our life. It's like a baby in the womb. We the baby wouldn't survive without that umbilical cord because that's the lifeline. So we seek him because he is our life. What kind of life? Physical? Eternal, spiritual. Exactly. Well, and physical. I mean, right. It's everything. Him, yeah. That's exactly right. And then we talked about in that one we used. That he's the bread of life, right? And why are we seeking him? Remember that? We're seeking him not to fill our fleshly needs. Spiritual nourishment. Right. He is the bread of life. Alright? Then we talked about we seek him because we want to know him out of a heart of love. And remember the parable, or not the parable, I guess the story we used just earlier in John... What was that? They saw that the five loaves and the fishes, and then he fed the multitudes, and then Jesus disappeared or went away, and then they found him, and Jesus correctly identified. Why are you seeking me? Looking for works rather than right. God. The king, that's right. Exactly. 
So we're seeking Him, yes, out of our, need, out of our needs. That's basic. Because we want to be obedient. And we said the obedience is really for our our good, right? For our position, position protection. and protection, right? So we're out of obedience. It's for, for our good because we want to put ourselves in a position to know God. And we want the protection, right? They did evil in the eyes of the Lord because they did not know Him or seek Him, right? Okay. So now we've moved on down to He is God. And we're going to go to, this is fitting for Thanksgiving time, but we're going to move on to the parable, or not the parable, I keep saying parable, but in Luke, Luke 17, 11 through 19. Luke 17. Eleven through nineteen, but I'm gonna just quiet our hearts in prayer for a moment, okay? Father, we come to you humbly, hungry. Got some of us hurting, and it seems so far off. God, I pray you would open our hearts and our minds to see who you are, to see your power, your glory your love, your tenderness. I pray that you would show up in our hearts and our minds today, that you would overcome any barriers. Father, that you would take us by the hand and lead us to you. In your name we pray, amen. All right, so does anybody want to read this... this, uh, The Ten Healed Lepers, the story, this true, 11 through 19, Mark, you got that? Now it happened as he went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. Then as he entered a certain village, there met him ten men who were lepers who stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. So when he saw them, he said to them, go show yourselves to the priests. And so it was that they went and they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned, and with a loud voice glorified God, and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. So Jesus answered and said, Were there not ten cleansed, but where are the nine? Were were there not any found who returned to give glory to God except for this foreigner? And he said to him, Arise, go your way, your faith has made you well. Very good. Now this was the homework that we put out these verses. This is the homework we put out on the uh, on the uh, Facebook. So hopefully you've had an introduction to this, you've thought about it, meditated on it, and I asked some questions. But the first question is, um, looking at this, we're going to see ten men seeking God, and then one man, one man, is truly changed and truly seeking God because he's God. Okay? So the first question I I put in here is um, what were they seeking God for? We're talking about seeking God. So you got ten people, Jesus is walking through, they're seeking God for what? Healing. Healing. Yeah, desperation because they were looking for healing. They were 
going to die. Right. Is there anything wrong with that? Oh, no. There's nothing wrong with the ten that are saying, what are they saying? They're seeking God. Have mercy on me. Obviously, he, he, they're wanting healing. Okay? So, um, they, I put in here, they first sought God for, but how come only one came back? something beyond the it seems the just um, physical relationship with God not just the healing right so they knew he the one knew something different than the other ten did so that you know he says they sought him from a distance Jesus master they called out but only one came back so this is the whole point of the story this is the the punchline here is that he came back why well he, jesus said your faith has made you well so he came back something related to faith because his coming back was evidence of his faith jesus said that right absolutely <laughs> evidence of his faith were the other 10 healed or the other 9 physically physically yeah right but they didn't get that uh, the spiritual nourishment after. Doesn't seem they got the, the 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 bread of life. Right, that we talked about before. So very good. So that's the punchline. We're going to go into this a little bit more detail. So um, they came back. He came back for one reason because he knew God. Now, right? Because what does he say? Um, as they went, they were cleansed. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back praising who? Right. And threw himself where? Right. So you're going to see a transition here. First, they were where? The far off. The far off. Right. So now he's where? So again, what's the transitions that happen? This is what needs to happen in our heart. We may be far off seeking God to meet our needs, which is fine. There's no God or Jesus doesn't condemn them, right? And he heals them. They're seeking for their needs, but he came back. They were far off. He comes back now. He throws himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. Right? So now he understands that he has truly... Why were they far off? Why were they far off? They, yeah, they had been kicked out of society. They were what? Lepers. This guy was also a... Samaritan. So, yeah, James. I wonder, too, um, with him being a Samaritan, he was outside of his comfort zone. Right. Because the others, it doesn't say if they were from that area or not. I wonder if the comfort after they got healed, they were familiar with settings, if that got in the way of getting back to Jesus. Sure, religion, because they were following religion, right? Go show yourself to the priest. That's what you were supposed to do. If you were healed from a skin disease, the Levitical law says you got to go back. There's all these ceremonial cleansings they go through. So they were just following that. They were following the religion. But this man, who was far off, religiously, physically, culturally, now throws, him and throws himself down at the feet of Jesus. So there's been a transition in his heart. 
And that's where we're, we're building through the seeking God all these things to this transition where we go to God because He's God. He went through all five steps in order. He went through them, yeah. And <laughs> I don't know if he had the list, but he did. <laughs> uh, well, he needed it. He was right. a leper. He obeyed. He went and saw the priest. He right. was given the, the life, not just the physical life, but then right. he had the eternal life. He was told because he was saved, and then he wanted to know God, so he came back to him and worshipped him because he is God. Exactly. And this he is must the, have had your list. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I got his list. How about that? <laughs> uh, so right, and this is the transition we're making as we grow closer to the Lord. And you'll see it in yourself. We're seeking God for healing. We're seeking God for finances. You know, for other people, we're interceding. We're always wanting. And, and there's nothing absolutely wrong with that. We're encouraged to do that. But as we grow in our walk with Christ, there's a transition. There's a feeling of, yes, I need to be obedient to the Lord, the Master, right? He's first called the Master, Jesus' Master. And how we view God changes the more we seek Him and the more we get to know Him. So then He comes back saying, hey, this is God, not just my Master. This is God in the flesh in front of me. I'm falling at His face. So transition has been made in His heart. So He sought... The, Sought God at a distance, now at his feet. He sought God because he was the master. Now he's going back because he's the God. Okay? Um, what else did I say here in this? I had a whole bunch of things underlined here. I just look at it, too, from a personal perspective. Mm -hmm. How many times do we ask God for stuff? He answers prayer, and we move on without coming back and thanking him and right. praising him for doing it. Mm -hmm. And just in a real-life scenario, I see that my life at least a lot right and that's a good segue to the second point i was going to make you know why was it only one that came back what happened to the other nine what, he wasn't taking jesus for granted right he knew he was the king so he was coming back for that why didn't so the other nine were taking jesus for granted nine are like what most even Christians do, right? They go to God for their needs and they're met and then they're kind of fine. They don't really need to go back to God until they have another need. That's common. Right. I mean, I think that's almost normal. Right, so what's, what's the problem? What's the disease in us? Because you've just convicted me. I've been there. God, I've prayed, i prayed, i prayed. He answers something and then I sort of just move on to the next need. God, 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 help my children. Without stopping to say, thanks God. Again, this is a transition which is occurring in our mind from the needs to He is God. But why? Why do I do that? Human nature. Human nature? Selfish nature. Mm -hmm. Self-centered. Mm -hmm. It's all about me. God, you're here for me. Do you see the difference? Now, no, 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 no. I'm here for God. Do you understand that when we're when we're missing it out on thank, thankfulness, we're, we're life's revolving around us. God, meet my needs. I'm going to move on to the next one. God, meet my needs. Instead of turning around and saying, God, I'm here for you. You do with me as you please. I'm here for your glory. Susan and Lori had questions. No, I was just going to say, I think oftentimes we have this feeling like we deserve 
this good thing mm -hmm. rather than recognizing how unworthy we are. And I wonder if the Samaritans right. felt a little less worthy. You know? Right. That, you're going to my next point. <laughs> That's exactly right. Um, we'll get to that, but you're absolutely right. Um, that's my third point here. He saw his unworthiness. He was humbled. So a barrier, one of the barriers is, is self-centeredness. It's all about me. I'll, I'll skip to her point, is um, pride. I deserve this. I deserve healing. Hey, I, I didn't do anything to get this leprosy. What in the world? God, you're mean to me. Well, heal me. Fine, you should have. Again, it's a self-centered attitude, but it's full of pride. There's no humility. This man understood. He's a Samaritan. He has no access to God, the Jews. He's unclean, and he can't get clean. Physically, spiritually. He recognized that, which is humbling. He's stuck. There's no hope. There's no way out except through Christ. So he has his pride, if he had some, and obviously maybe the other nine did, and that's why they didn't come back. Isn't that a similar situation when Jesus was on the cross with the two thieves? Yeah, one recognizes he's God, the other doesn't. So yeah. he should get down and save himself again. Right. right. So it was selfish right. on one side and not on the other. Right. Lori. Well, I was just going to say, I see, I see this in myself, like that they had a, de, like a delusional sense of self-sufficiency. So we're, we're selfish, but then we also enjoy being self-sufficient. And I don't know what the total cure is for that, except for total dependence on God. But, you know, it is, it is a blessing to be afflicted. The scriptures say that, and these men were afflicted, and we get afflicted. <clears throat> but our natural tendency is to throw off the affliction we even do that with one another, like, oh, you're afflicted, let me help you, so you mm -hmm. can hurry up and not be afflicted right. anymore. Right. Um, but it, the scriptures say that God afflicts us and allows affliction right. for a reason, so that we'll be dependent on Him. Right. I don't like that. Right. <laughs> and she brings up the point here that affliction, designed by God, it is, He allows it, uses it to break our wills. So when we talk about brokenness, God uses affliction to break us. This isn't a brokenness where I'm, I'm a sinner and we all sort of huddle around and, and commiserate with each other. God breaks us to break our will. It's like a stallion. We're going our own way. And God uses these afflictions, leprosy, whatever it may be, and afflicts us. And we can respond in one way or the other. We can, we can say, I'm done. I'm done having it my way. It's your way from here on out. You pull the reins this way, I'm going that way. It's a broken spirit, a broken will. Our spirit is his, but it's a broken will. He will use the affliction. And when our will is broken, there's no more me. There's no more me in this. It's all about Christ. And that's this man. He was broken. He was broken and he received the healing physically, but he now, that's why he runs to his feet. There's no more barriers. I'm broken. When you're broken, there is a, an, a beautiful fellowship between you and the Lord. 
you're not pulling one way and he's going the other way. There's absolute oneness. That's the intimacy that we're driving towards. All of us is a broken will. What did Jesus say? He said, take this cup from me, but not my will, yours. He's the example. So he will use these afflictions to break our will, to humble our hearts, to get us not self-centered, but God-centered. And when we get in line with that, man, the Holy Spirit comes into our life and he empowers us to live through the hardships, to get through the pain, to bring glory to his name, no matter what the situation is. We start thinking eternally, not temporally. You know, that's basically most of us are thinking temporally. I need to get through this, fix this, do this. I don't have any pain. Great, I'm fine. God's thinking eternally. No, this pain is good. I'm purifying your heart. I'm using it for my glory. So we need to respond as we grow in Christ like the one. No barriers. No matter what we've done, no matter where we've been, no matter what relationships I I put in here, one of my points is you may think you are so far from this. So far, you've you've done it your way for so long. I am so far from falling at the feet of Jesus, and it's really we're not. We're not far. God's done this. To show you he's not far away. He's near. So we, when we get a glimpse that he's God, which he did, we will quickly fall to our face in thanksgiving and praise. Alright. The other point I had on there is just flat out ignorance. You know, maybe they were just following their religion and, hey, Jesus said to go show myself to the priest. I'm just following rules. This isn't rules. This is a relationship with God. Um, So there are these barriers. Why it was only one? Maybe it was. They were self-centered. They were prideful. They were ignorant. I'm not sure. Jesus didn't condemn them. But he told the one, your faith has made you well. And we know Jesus. He's talking about the soul, the spirit. That's what he's driving at. Um, it's like it's the same thing, and maybe you were getting to this because we've had conversations at home about it. It's like after he fed the the five thousand, and they came back to him because they wanted more food. Not he said you didn't come back because of the miracles. And then this, once again, you would think those men would realize what just happened and who Jesus was. Right? right, that he's God. Like, where's the marvel that they just came face to face with God? You right. know, it's not just the thankfulness. It's, I was just. It's even beyond the God. thankfulness, right? Right, it's way beyond. It's the beyond the thankfulness. So right, so, but you've just identified me, and I know why do I do that? But again, I can tell you, it's these points: self-centeredness, prideful. Yeah, I think the list is in order of a selfish nature, but if we wanted to look at what we should be doing, we should be doing it backwards. We should be going to God because He is God, and then going up to where our needs are the least. Right. But obviously, we're not well. Right. As we grow, as we grow, this list gets flipped. It's flipping in my life. It gets re- rearranged, unfortunately, for whatever selfish reasons but as we grow you will be going that's why I say if you truly know God I won't have to ask you every day 
or every Sunday, guys, we've got to get in the Word. You've got to seek the Lord. That's the most important point of every day. When we truly recognize that, I won't have to say it. You know, it, it's, it's like if you truly trust God with everything, that He's sovereign, the pastor doesn't have to talk about tithing. Because you truly trust Him. So this goes to, to knowing who God is. But I think the Lord knows. He's very merciful and compassionate. He's, you know, he gave all these miracles to show that He was God. Um, and He's so patient with us, drawing us to Himself. And this process happens over time. Again, we may be just a glimpse from God to getting to this point. But I will also say we need a glimpse of ourself without God. And we'll get to this point. Do you understand? He saw who he was. A Samaritan. Leper. Are not we Samaritans and lepers? Apart from Christ? When we really think of who we are, Apart from Christ. Remember we talked about it in Ephesians. We went through all of Ephesians. You were dead in your sins. And transgressions. Following the ways of the world. I mean think of who we were before we knew Christ. Think of. Uh, you know. Without Christ where would I be? We were dead spiritually. We were the walking dead in the dark. And some of us may have had a life that's reflects that. Some may be saved early and young and may not know the, the depths of it. But again, as we see the holiness of God, we see the filth in our flesh. So we need a glimpse of who God is and we need a glimpse of who we are. That we are slaves. If without Christ, I'm like the Israelites in Egypt. I'm in bondage. I have no hope. I'm at the mercy of the Pharaoh. God comes in and takes us out of bondage, frees us from slavery, gives us an inheritance, fills us with the Holy Spirit to live the life of Christ through us. I was, wasn't his child, now I am his child, and it's not anything in me. It's purely him and his goodness that he would take me and make me his own. Forgive me of my sins. All right. So we need a glimpse of God, we need a glimpse of who we are. But that's why I say you need to meditate on scriptures. This isn't necessarily just checking the, the list, oh, I got my time and I prayed on the way to work. No, he's God. We can't give him 15 minutes. Then we probably don't truly know he's God, or we don't know our filthiness without him. All right. Um... We've got a few more minutes before we'll, we'll go to prayer. Um, I think we captured all of our... Okay, yeah, let's... let's we, I'll take a few more minutes here. What... So if you think about it, if I went around the room and said, what is it about God that should cause you to seek Him? What is it about God? That's where I want to be when, when I'm out of here. Uh, I want to wake up with God. I want to. I want to be with Him. I want to praise Him. I want to. I want to honor Him. What is it about His nature? What is it about His character? Why? He's a loving God. 
love, right? I'd say absolutely. What else? His love. How does he demonstrate that love? The cross, right? The cross. Okay. What else? What is? What else about God? What uh, his power, and you go out to nature in like Niagara Falls. If you've been there, it's outstanding what he's done there. Mm -hmm. That's just a small glimpse of his power, and that should draw anybody to God. Just nature, the rocks, and right. people know the rocks well. So, absolutely. What else? So his sovereign power, his majesty. Anything else in your heart when you think, why should I seek God? What? His wisdom. His wisdom for guidance. And he, he knows all things, right? Before there was life, there was God. And He made life, right? He made life. He set the rules for life. He rules over life. To me, that's the guy I want to be seeking, right? He made life. He set the rules for life. He rules over life. The alternative is horrendous to think about. Right. Think about he's holy and just, and his wrath is demonstrated where? On the cross. On the cross. His justice. If I think of his justice, his holiness, his wrath, I'm going, yes, have mercy on me, because I'm a sinner, driving me to Christ. Um, what else? With the grace, compassion, but think of my kids, if they continually do the same thing wrong over and over, I'm going to run out of patience and grace for them. But you look at Christ, and you look at our lives, and we continually do the same thing over and over again. Right. And yet he still is patient and grace gives us grace. <clears throat> right. What else? Anything else in your hearts that say this is why I causes me to seek God? He's trustworthy. <clears throat> He's faithful, trustworthy, exactly. So no matter what we're going through, if we recognize his love. His sovereignty, His faithfulness. When we know that, there will be a peace that we can withstand the storm. We're not running and fleeing to this or that. We're, we're rock solid because we know Him and these characteristics. Anything else? I'll read this then. We talked about this last time. Um, Remember Nebuchadnezzar, right? Book of Daniel. Um, Daniel interprets the dream. This is the interpretation, O king. This is the decree the Most High has issued against my lord, the king. You will be driven away from people and will live with the wild animals. You will eat grass like cattle and be drenched with the dew of heaven. Seven times will pass by for you until you acknowledge the Most High is sovereign over the kingdoms of men and gives them to anyone he wishes. So then Nebuchadnezzar looks out onto his kingdom. He said, Is not this the great Babylon I have built? I have built as the royal resident by my mighty power, by my mighty power, and for my glory and majesty. That's his response. And then immediately what had been said about Nebuchadnezzar was fulfilled. He was driven away. At the end of time, 
So I think of my life. How many times have I gone that way? It's ended in destruction. Eating the fruits of my own fleshly labors. But then Nebuchadnezzar, at the end of time, I, Nebuchadnezzar, raised my eyes toward heaven. I remember one time, I was almost in a state of depression. And you would think I had it all. I was playing professional basketball. Everything was great. And I remember walking to my car, just like self-centered, prideful. What? God, how are you doing this to me? I lived for you. I haven't done this, this, and this. And I raised my eyes to heaven, and I just thanked him. And something changed in my spirit. It's amazing. I acknowledged that he was the most high that he could do with my life whatever he wanted. And it was okay. My will was broken. And the Lord has to move all of us to that because we all have an independent spirit. We all have an independent will. And he wants to break us and it's good. That's freedom. That's the power of the Holy Spirit living through us to break the bondage of whatever sin we're in, whatever we're battling with, victory over trials and all kinds of things when our will is broken. Nebuchadnezzar, he was broken, right? What did he say? I raised my eyes toward heaven. And my sanity, that's what happened to me. It was like all of a sudden things became clear. You're right, God. I'm yours. You can do with me whatever you want. I'm your possession. I no longer have a say. And that's good. I don't want to say because I mess it up. So my sanity was, then I praised the Most High. I honored and glorified Him who lives forever. I honored and glorified Him who lives forever. What if we spent most of our day doing that? I honored and glorified Him who lives forever rather than wallowing in what He hasn't done for me. His dominion, His power is an eternal dominion. It's been forever. His kingdom endures. His kingdom endures from generation to generation. Far after I'm gone, His kingdom is going to go on. It's not about me. All the peoples of the earth are regarded as nothing. He does as He pleases with the powers of heaven and the peoples of the earth. No one can hold back His hand or say to Him, What have you done? No one. At the same time uh, that my sanity was restored, my honor and splendor were returned to me. God's a good God. We think we're going to lose out. We think we're going to lose. He's saying, no, I'm going to give you so much. We think we're losing out. When we look with fleshly eyes, the things of the world, He, He will give us back way more. My advisors and nobles sought me out and I was restored to my throne and became even greater than before. You will be greater than before. Now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and exalt and glorify the King of Heaven. Because everything He does is right. Everything he does is right. And all his ways are just. All right. 
I've got more, but I'll end there. Um, questions? Can you give me the references for what you were just reading? This is Daniel, chapter 4. Daniel chapter 4, and I sort of went throughout the whole thing, but if you started at um, 24 through the end of 4, um, that's Daniel. David, I, there's another one that David does sort of similar things, and it's in Chronicles. I think it's First Chronicles 16, and if you want another reference. Um, David's Psalm of Thanks. Um, that's a good one. So if you go to First uh, Chronicles 16, 8 through 30 is a good one. And then I had from Isaiah. Um, I, I, you know, I really had trouble with this one because I was like, God, how can I... There's no words to describe God. I mean, there's just you just can't do it. So I point you to His Word and then the Spirit comes off the pages and reveals God. Um, and you remember, remember, He reveals yourself. He reveals your heart. So don't run from the Word. This is where we need to be. He will reveal Himself. He will reveal our heart. And that's how we grow deeper. That's how we live this life. No matter what's happening, bringing Him glory with, with joy in our heart, despite our circumstances. Um, Okay, let's make sure I have everything. We'll, then we'll go in prayer. Um, got to get going in prayer. All right, so I'll close um, this in prayer, uh, this message, and then um, Rick, do you mind coming up and taking prayer requests? I have an uh, update from the Ellis's.